Bienvenido, bienvenue, and welcome to Samaritan Conversations. In Luke's account of an event over 2,000 years ago, there's a story of a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho who was attacked by bandits. The priest saw the attacked person and opted to pass the other way. A Levite, a religious leader, also opted to pass the other way. Then, according to Luke's version, a certain Samaritan, someone outside the religious establishment who was marginalized, stopped and helped. Samaritan Conversation is a podcast focused on community and business leaders who live as that certain Samaritan, that good Samaritan. Welcome to the show today, Vivian Stevenson of House of Globalization. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I'd love to just start with you just telling us a little bit more about yourself and your story, and then we can just kind of kick off from there. Okay, so um, thanks for having me, um, inviting me to this time. I'm very, very grateful. I like to share my story um, anyway, any, any, in any kind of um, um, way that it can help other people. So my name actually is Vivian Shaku. I know you said Stevenson, but Stevenson was my ex-husband's name. It's still there, but trust me, I'm trying to get it out. So it's Vivian Shaku. <laughs> And I'm the founder for, of House of Globalization here in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, I'm a victim of domestic violence. So I almost lost my life um, through domestic violence. And so through that trauma, I started to um, try to help other people since I survived and I used uh, so many kind of routes and ways. And I, I kind of implemented things that made me who I am today, even though I went through a, a traumatic, really, really bad trauma when I was with my ex-husband. So House of Globalization, what we do is we assist domestic violence and sex trafficking victims. So they, um, we have a, a crisis line where they can call and ask for okay. assistance and we will transition them into a hotel or into a shelter. And um, especially during this COVID time is very, very challenging, um, but we still make it work. So the way we make it work is they go to the hotel first and, and, and they stay there for about two, um, two weeks and then we transition them into a safe place. So we gotcha. also assist with um, um, legal assistance, counseling, rental assistance, um, utility bills, um, group meetings, just to help them education, um, food, clothing, um, all of that. I mean, you name it, we can assist that person, even opening up a new business. We've done that too for our clients. So wow. we, we do know that um, Atlanta is, is, is a hub, you know, yep. and we, we are really trying to make sure that we assist as much people as we can. So we get a lot of calls, especially during this time, Sometimes we get almost 30, 40 calls a day. So it's really, really challenging. Um, we're doing the best we can. Someone has been assisting us the way else. So he's been to the office several times. And um, um, I, I'm so proud of what we do because most of our ladies come through and they transition very, very well and they're very grateful. So we're hoping that we keep doing this work and you know, spreading, letting people like you come and spread the word so that people know that they're not alone. You can actually yeah. call somewhere and get assistance. 
Um, so when I was um, abused, I did not, I knew some, you know, avenues that, you know, but I, I, did, I wasn't trusting it. I didn't trust it. So this is something that we are doing to make sure that they understand that you can trust to move from one that dark place that you are, you can actually come out to the light. So we use all of that through the counseling, through visitations, um, all of that. We would um, pair counseling, all, all that. So we make sure that the clients understand that they are in a safe place and they don't need to go back you know, to the abuser. So really basically that's what, that's what we do. So we work with the criminal justice department, we work with the police, we work with the state courthouse, we work with the, the government themselves, they also fund us. So we are doing a lot here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we hope to expand it as much as we can. Well, uh, first of all, I guess uh, just that's an amazing story and, and just sort of going from being a survivor yourself to helping others. Um, before we before we forget, before I forget, before at some point today, let's make sure we get the phone number so we have that out there just in case someone listens and and you know they know someone and and they can use the the phone number. I like that you mentioned working with criminal justice. I, I you may not know this, but years ago, like maybe like about ten plus years ago, I was involved and on the board with a domestic violence shelter, and I remember how one of the challenges they had was that Georgia was lagging other states in um, just the laws for domestic violence. So it was harder for a lady if she was in a, a situation to leave because the rights of the father for the kids. So if you right. had kids, it was harder for you to leave. And so right. women would stay in an abusive scenario just because um, they would have to report where they were in order for the father to see the kids. So just things like those. So I, I don't know if anything's changed since then, if the laws are a little better in Georgia or if you're still kind of fighting that battle to improve the legal system for other survivors. So yes, um, that's one of my main um, goals to make sure that we change some of the policies and give the women or whoever the abuser is more rights um, they, they do have rights and sometimes the, 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 they are scared because when, when you leave your abuser, like I, before I left mine it was 16 times. So I left, came back because I didn't know, I wasn't trusting the system, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like when I leave and I was, I was really in, in a closed up dark place that I didn't know what to do, nowhere to go, nothing to do. So I had the bite marks gun to my head, I had the drawing and everything, and I had speed on my body, everything you can think of he did to me, but I stayed, why did I stay? I stayed because I loved him and I didn't think that I could find somewhere better or someone that could help me or an organization. Yeah. So, but uh, when I decided to come to Atlanta, well, let me go back. The day, the breaking point for me was when he um, thought I was dead, he had, you know, choked me and he thought I was dead and he called the police himself. So when he called the police and they came and they were, you know, and, and I, 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 I could hear him screaming, but I'm, you know, God brought me back. I think he brought me back for a reason. So I didn't die that day, but on that same day, that was when I decided to leave. 
So sometimes, you know, even me, I was asking myself prior to my situation, why do people stay in abusive relationship? Why do they stay? If, if this is happening over and over again, you should be able to leave and trust the system. So the system is what we're trying to make sure that we implement a lot of um, rules and regulations that gives the victims rights, which the criminal justice department has on their website as well. We see the victim's rights and everything. So even though you have kids with this person, um, there are policies that could favor the victim where you can still be, you know, have access to your kids. We have a lawyer on the board that she does pro bono for the clients. So mm -hmm. all of that is taken care of and we go through the system until we make sure that the kids and the parents and everyone is in the safe place. And the abuser also hopefully is locked up somewhere, depending on the case. Every case is different. So sometimes they're not locked up, but we separate that incident and we separate them and make sure that they're both um, safe in their own way. Yeah. And one other thing that uh, I'm kind of curious of is just, how do you find the awareness of domestic violence within the community? Like, are people more aware that they exist or do people have stereotypes about who perpetrates domestic violence? How, how do I find that out? Yeah. Is that what well, well, yeah, just are you finding that people are more aware that it exists? Because it almost seems like there's some people who think, you know, that domestic violence is limited to just poorer people or you know this family background right. or whatnot but right. it's it's prevalent everywhere everywhere that's correct that's correct so i i also thought that before because i i you know my, my ex-husband was doing very well i was doing very well i hid it a lot from my friends because mm -hmm. you know i couldn't tell them i couldn't say this is what i was going through i come out i look good i you know all of that and i i hid it i put my makeup on and cover the spots on my black eyes, all of that stuff. I did it for so many times and that's what's happening. But when this woman called a hotline, um, we do educate them and know that even abuse is not just by hitting somebody. You can all, they have verbal abuse, you have all of that stuff. So which you feel like you are not okay, you need help. Even if you still wanna be with this person, but you need help to understand what you're going through, we can do that for you. So it's a, it's a lot going on there. It's this stigma of you know, poor people, rich people, middle-class, all of that stuff. It's happening everywhere, believe me. I, um, I have had clients that are really, but it's confidential, that are real top clients and they mm -hmm. are going through it as well. You know, So we do assist them in a way where they feel comfortable enough to discuss with us and we still keep it you know um confidential and we don't yeah. you know they, they can trust that the system can keep their name and everything confidential and still achieve the goal of assisting them to be in a safe place um my my question is about um your wonderful story how you were helped out you you had a defining moment um but my question is Usually when people get helped out of situation, it's not necessarily that they then focus on helping others out. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? How you went from being a victim to empowering other victims um, by helping them come out. Um, tell, talk a little bit about that, please. Okay, so um, 
during my situation, when I was in, in the abusive situation, my husband, like I said, my husband thought I was dead. And then all of that happened and the police came, I went to a shelter. When I went to the shelter, there were so many things, even though these ladies were amazing, but there were so many things that I saw that I felt like could be better, you know? So um, when my ex-husband was in jail because of the abuse, he uh, abused on me, um, the shelter was really, because he was so upset and he was still looking for me. So they wanted to transfer me to another state. So I was, I was confused, but um, I didn't know what to do. So they asked me in the whole of America, what state would you like to go to? New York, New Jersey, where all of that? And I said, Atlanta, Georgia. And I said, Atlanta, Georgia, because when my ex-husband and I were planning that, okay, we have a kid and that we would like to, you know, relocate somewhere away from Memphis, we will relocate somewhere. And where are we gonna go? And he said, never, Atlanta is the last place we'll go. So what I told the advocate was, I want to go to Atlanta because that's the last place we're looking for me. So, and that's the thing, you have to really think deep how to, the safety, you know, this, my, my, I, ha I had to be safe. So my whole thought was being safe. How can I be safe away from this person? So, um, which was Atlanta. When I came to Atlanta, the policies they had here was so, so, so annoying to me. I did not like it at all. So when I came, I looked like I was relieving Relieving what I went through. I just came from a shelter to another shelter and they told me you can only stay here for three months. And I was like, why is that? That's the policy, she said. So meaning that I'll be there for three months and after three months, I'll go to another shelter, another shelter. Mind you, I have nobody, I don't know, a friend, family member, nothing here. So when we're saying, call us when you need help, we can help you, call us when you need help. But then when I call your number and then you're telling me that, listen, after three months, you gotta go. We gotta, you gotta look for another shelter. So I was just, my hair was just going spinning. Like, why is that? Okay, you move me from, so I moved around six shelters during the time I was going through my abuse. During that time, I met so many women who couldn't read, very well they couldn't really do stuff so i started doing stuff for them in the shelter i was you know filing for full stamp and doing that and trying to educate them and all of that and even when i left eventually and the relieving of the event is that when you go to another shelter they don't take all everything to that shelter you go to another shelter you're starting afresh meaning you have to relieve everything again tell the whole story from beginning again when you do that, you are traumatized. You are trying to relieve what you're tr not trying to, what you're trying to forget. So each time you do that, you're, you're traumatizing that patient or the client. So from there, six times, plus the one I came from was seven times. So all of that time, I had to relieve what I went through. I didn't think that policy was good at all, you know, for the mental health and for just for, for the well-being of that client. So when I decided, when I left, eventually, I found my one bedroom at first, my son and I, we went to the one bedroom, I was happy, we started like, you know, trying to get a job and doing all of that, I had my degree, I do that, so I got a job at um, Board of Health, so I was in charge of HIV, AIDS um, um, patients, almost 400 people that I was coordinating, so it was amazing, but while I was doing that, um, Domestic violence, for some reason, and sexual was still calling me. 
So the shelters, some of them that I made friends with, the advocates will call me, Vivian, you know you helped this person last time. How did you do this and this and that? And I, and I tell them. And 2 a.m. in the morning, I get a call, oh, Vivian, oh, this person has this and this and that. How do you do that? And I tell them. So I started thinking about how do I help them more? Because some of them would send their documents to me, uh, social security number, um, ID cards, all of that to me so I could use those process to, to file for them for something or to look for a job or to talk on their behalf. So I was like, oh no, this is not right. This is illegal. I have to make it legal. <laughs> I wanted something that would not, you know, look like I'm using some, I'm doing something wrong. So I started asking, I didn't think about like having it as a job. I wanted to just help, just assist, but do it right. You know? So yeah. I called and I, 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 I was told that, okay, you have to get a 501c3 and this and that and make it legal and it's nonprofit. Oh, okay, good, nonprofit. No problem. I don't want them to pay me. I got a job. So I, I'm fine. I just want to do it. I want to do it right. So I started thinking about a name. I remember when I was in my situation that whenever I'm on the computer, I'm looking for a safe house, women home, um, shelter this, that I get a beating for that because my ex husband comes in, I look at my history and everything. And of course, and he finds out he's very savvy and he finds out things. Why were you calling this? Why were you looking at this? And then I get beaten and stuff. So I started thinking, okay, to get this organization, I have to think of a name that doesn't mean anything that doesn't look like it's a domestic violence or sex trafficking something. I was thinking and thinking, I come up with weird, weird names. And then I, House of Globalization, mm. because what he did was he just scrolled down and he was looking for help and this and women that and that. So I said, if somebody sees House of Globalization, you're not gonna click on it. That could save a life, at least one life, you know? Mm. So I, I decided to use that name, House of Globalization. And um, so that maybe, like I said, it could help somebody. So I, I, I did that. We started three, four years ago. I'm telling you, right now, we are so, it's just exploding like I did not expect. Like we have so many, almost 2,000 clients that want one, 1,800 something clients now, and we assist every year that many. And um, it's just been, I have to quit my job. I quit my job and I, this is what I do now. So we do home visitations. I'm so, so proud of what I do. But as soon as they come to me and they know that I have gone through what they're going through, before they start saying anything, I said, mm, when you did it, did you do this? Said, yeah, how did you know? I was in the same situation. So, but wow. yes, yeah. So, uh, and that's how I, I, I click and connect with them and they feel at home with me because they know that I'm not judging them. I'm not looking at them because listen, I went worse. My situation to me was worse, but yours is also the same. So we're all going through the same thing um, in a different way, you know? So I make them understand that. And that's really how House of Globalization came to be. And we have been blessed and people have been here with us. Um, Caroline Young um, um, has, you know, has been amazing. Um, we have, um, um, Dr. Oladeli on the board, Father Lee on the board. We have all these people, great people in Atlanta on the board with us. We have Khadiza, he's the, the attorney. We, everybody is joining. We have an S, um, um, baseball player, he's in um, um, California. He's also on the board. So we all are there trying. And this is how God just brought the right people 
to 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 me you know and i'm so grateful and samuel is helping us as well um amazing amazing the way he came to us was amazing so and that's how house of work came about what are some things that you would want so if, if i'm listening to this and i'm not very familiar with with um domestic violence because most people probably aren't as aware of it and, and just don't know what are some of the things that you feel everyone needs to be aware of what are some of the you know two or three things that we should all keep in our minds um and kind of be aware of and go oh that might have been domestic violence or that might have been um, a possible sex trafficking situation right so for the women uh, um when your husband it's, it's a telltale sign when something is repeat, repeating itself over and over again you need to know that okay this is not right especially when you don't feel right about it if someone calls you names someone comes in the house supposed to be loving to you and it's calling you names you're stupid you're this you're that you're worthless you don't do nothing and even if you you think that's okay your subconscious absorbs that and it really really destroys your mental health because this person is really bringing you down and telling you all this stuff like you know what it. you can be this you can be that you're nothing you're that okay sometimes when they do that they realize that okay i have heard this person that i love they come back with flowers and everything and say thank you i'm so sorry it won't happen again and then maybe two weeks a week later it happens again then the reputation continues if that continues more than two three times now you are in an abusive relationship that's for one, that's the simplest one. Now, when they start hitting you, when he, it comes to the slap first, a small slapping, and then that backhand slap or fronthand slap, and oh, I'm so sorry, darling, don't do it again. I won't do it again. Okay, fine. And then the next one, it escalates. So, so what happens is when mine started, it was, it was just that way. I and mean, when everyone that I talked to mostly starts like that, so, so small, and you think mm -hmm. it's nothing. But then you find yourself in this, like, what is going on here, you know? And you start covering for that person. When you have to explain yourself that, oh, no, he didn't mean it. He was angry. I think I, I offended him. I did this. That's why he did that to me. Something is wrong. You have to get help. Get help. Let somebody explain to you what's going on. So, and, and that's, that's how I see it. So if, if anyhow you're in a relationship and you feel bad about it, you don't think that this person is treating you right, get help. If you don't feel well in a relationship, if you feel like you're being abused, get help. And if you feel like your sister, someone you know, your neighbor is being abused, you see them marks and they're trying to do something, call them on the side and say, listen, there are places that can help you with this situation. You don't have to be in that situation because sometimes, sadly, it could happen that you lose your life. I had a call once. I think it was in Decatur, Georgia. This happened last year. The lady called and we were going to get her that night. She said, no, let's get her the next morning. Guess what? The next morning when, when, we, when, we, called, when we got the news that she passed away, the guy shot her and shot himself. So she did not, if she had left that night, she would have been safe. But I don't think she was ready to go and she decided to call us back. I said, oh, no, no, don't come today. Come tomorrow. She passed away, the guy shot himself as well. So these are really issues that you might think you are in control, but you're not. You have to be able to, to, um, to know when to say, I, it's time to go. 
and to, to save your life and your kids as well. Yeah, I, I like I like that you kind of started with the verbal abuse because I think that probably helps answer the question that people who aren't familiar with domestic violence, you kind of go, why is this person staying there? And right. it's because there's a complete cycle and a continuous process where it's it, it basically starts with your value is not high and you kind of get your, your self-worth gets whittled over time. Right. And then other control mechanisms like, you know, taking the bank account or doing all of these things. So if you've got no money and you've been told for, you know, X number of years that you're not capable of making it without this person, you know, right. I brought you from this to that, right. um, it, it impacts you. And you can get help. There is help, yeah. you can get help, yes. Yeah. And that, I, I kind of love that, your story, because that proves it, that there are, there's a way on the other side, if you right. just, um, if you're willing to take that first step and, and hopefully, you know, there are a lot of people like you who are helping others to come to the other side. I'm, I'm writing a book now, so hopefully that will help people to transition from that to, you know, how I made it through because my story was, I, if, if I tell you all my story, you will not believe it. So I went through hell, you know, I, and so I'm, I'm putting in all that in paper just so I can help more because I know that when people see you, I, even I had a, a movie, I'm trying to get a movie, I, I told someone about that, it's called The Marco. Um, we already have the script and everything is about domestic violence and sex trafficking. So it's a little bit about my story and then fiction as well. Just, just picked and picked up what I have seen from other people and I put it together. So we have been trying to get um, the movie out there so that we can use the proceeds mm -hmm. to assist more of our clients. So yeah, anywhere I can to do it, and that's what we're doing. We're involving a lot of Atlanta people. Uh, we're trying to see how that works. Share, I guess, just with people who might be interested in this and might want to get involved, what are some of your biggest pain points now? If there's someone out there who maybe hadn't thought about this, but they would like to add their voice and play a part and you know maybe they know a lawyer a judge or someone else what what is your biggest need and 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 how can the folks who listen to this podcast help you with well our biggest need are corporations because we survive with donations so the donations grant grants that we receive from the federal government and the state is what we use to assist these clients so especially now we do like clients will call us for um, rental assistance about a thousand dollars, a thousand something. We have to pay that down payment for the apartment, the new place that they're living in. We'll pay that and two months in advance while we look for a job so that this person will be self-sufficient. We go through all of that through the assistance of the community. So mm -hmm. grants sometimes are not enough because they are limited. You can do this, you can do that, you can do that. And sometimes the clients want their phone bill, they die, but, but with the federal grant, you can't buy a phone bill, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where we need corporations. If we have corporations like Coca-Cola or you know um, Wells Fargo, all those kind of people to come in and bring in their own funds into the organization, that could assist more people. Now, in terms of attorneys, we need attorneys all the time because this is the divorce cases, most of them want to do that real quick. So we need divorce cases, child 
Sometimes this child um, um, drag going on who's going to keep the child and who's not going to keep the child. I had a client just three weeks ago. Child was one year old and the, the husband is trying to, how can you? It has to be with the mom. You get visitation and all of that. So my attorney made that happen. So what we need those. So I, so we need attorneys. If attorneys are there, that could help two, three, four, 12 clients a year. So I need everyone that thinks that they want to come into House of Globalization, please just call the number and I will tell you, or you can go on the website. There is a partnership form for you to fill out and we can receive that partnership form. Get you, we have to do a background check, make sure that you're okay prior to you joining any way that you want to join. Yep. There's a background check that has to be um, done. In, I've worked in um, different types of, uh, domestic violence situations with um, and ministry and things of that nature as well as served with a couple of on boards and stuff like that so um, one thing we have noticed and maybe uh, I wanted I want to deal with is uh, or maybe talk about for just a moment maybe in closing even is the both men and women uh, dealing in these types of situations a lot of times they have a core um, I don't want to call it an issue, but they have a core um, inward problem where they think so very little of themselves and they don't understand the value of who they are. Can you maybe, if someone is listening to this and they, and they need that, that stop for the moment to hear you say, um, or you just get one moment to speak to someone, how how would you say, or how could we say, even as men, being able to have a moment with a, a woman who is um, who is struggling okay. in this area? What can we say? You know, how can we help edify them in a moment um, to just to help them understand the value that they have first and foremost in the Lord, and then secondly in this world, you have value as a person. Right, right. You, you just have to you know, like start telling them just, it's like a newborn baby, like a child, praising them, you know, and that's what I do with my clients. So I know that they have gone through all this trauma. So when they come to me, I say, look at you, you're so beautiful. You're, you're, you're amazing. You know, you, do you know that you can do this? Do you know that, you, oh, what did you do? What's your, what kind of career, what's your dream? And they'll say, I wanted to be a nurse, but this and that and that. We can help you do that. And then she lights up. We can help you do that. Actually, we did this for this person, that person, and this is what happened. Look at her progress, and this is what happened. You're beautiful. You're worth it. You can do this. We can help you. You don't need to do nothing. All you have to do is believe in yourself. When you want to do something, make sure that you believe that you can do it. Don't worry about what he was saying to you. Now is a new start for you. Yeah. You can do it. You know? Awesome. Right. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to uh, end this. I just want to thank you so much uh, for sharing your story um, and just, you know, hope, I'm sure even in this um, podcast, you're going to get someone who will be encouraged and will um, go on to uh, better and bigger things because of you taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm.